Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now I don't know why, what our words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. Raindrop. Drop top episode 13. <laughs> yeah. Episode 13. That's 13's a... my favorite number. Is it? I was born Friday, June 13th. I won't tell you what year because then people will be able to find my social security number. <laughs> that escalated. Really. I'm the only Namusa <laughs> with my last name in the world. That's fair. That's but yeah, fair. so that's how we're going to enter episode 13. Just feeling so great. You, okay. So you were born on Friday the 13th. You like the number 13? All Which right. is good luck. Do you know what the word is for people who are afraid of 13? The number 13? I don't want to know those people in my life. <laughs> you don't need that negativity? I don't need that. I'm not blocking my blessings. Triscodecophobia. Why do you know that? Because I'm a nerd. Okay. Fair. And it's also really useful for Jeopardy and pub trivia. And Scrabble, I would assume. And if people know me, they know that I get super competitive. The way some people are intense about rugby and other sports. I love that you chose rugby out like of all sports. Like not basketball, not physical activity. soccer. That's how I am about pub trivia. Like I'll cuss you out if you get an answer wrong. Well noted. Yeah. I'm looking at you. I I'm looking into your optic nerve, and I'm telling you, don't mess up. <laughs> Addie. Hey, tell me. Tell me. What's happened since the last episode? <sighs> Not much. No sigh. Everything, I mean, honestly, I mean, things are pretty calm these days. <laughs> so, you know. Pretty calm after the arrest? I'm wearing more and going out less. You did the opposite of what Drake said. Exactly. Yeah. You know. A little conservative. Yeah, you know. Guess the extremist would be happy. Once arrested, twice shy. (laughs) I can't believe you went there. I did. You took it there. Okay. I did. Okay. Uh, No, it's been a good few weeks. Um, What have you done now? Oddly enough, actually, I did go out once, and I earned 2,000 shillings dancing. Oh, I was there. Yes. The second time we've now hung out in public. Yes. Look at that. See, I get paid. We, yeah. we should hang out more. We should hang out more. All right. Let's sync our calendars. We'll figure this out. How did you earn this 2,000 shillings? Um, Which is like equivalent to 20 US dollars. Listen, that was some quick work. I was so proud. I was doing the Ethiopian Eritrean shoulder shake. Around Ethiopians and Nigerians as if it was an Ethiopian Nigerian wedding. Exactly. Yeah. And what one does at both these events for both cultures. I didn't know that. I just knew a Nigerian. And you like smack it on somebody's forehead. Uh Uh-huh. Or you tuck it into clothes, etc. So I had... I'm always worried about the germ transference. Like that always makes me a little bit anxious, but... You get over it though. I mean, yeah. You get over it. I earned 2,000 and I took home 2,000. My net pay was (laughs) 2,000. Let's do it for the culture. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. I actually, I haven't danced like that in so long. I don't know what... Maybe it was a was it a full moon? I don't know what it was. It was a good time. Pretty calm though for me. And you? I don't think your moves were quite calm. I was very impressed. Um, don't let the glasses fool you, listeners. No, but really, don't. No, but actually. Uh, so me, yeah, my sister's here. Woo woo! In Kenya, I'm visiting for two weeks, which is so nice to have her around. Um, because what people should know, or what people who come to know me very well, is my sister is like the counterbalance to my <laughs> not counterbalance. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it just makes me really zen and calm, especially when things are literally on fire and falling apart. So yeah, it's been really good to have her here. We went to coast again because I love Lamu. We have a sister tradition where we have a sistercation every year. Okay. We pretty much always go to Lamu, so Kenyan coast. 
the travel ban was lifted. I'll be happy to let everybody know. So go visit Lemma. It's beautiful. Yeah, sistercations, romancecations, solocations. I feel like I've been around it all, actually. In terms of Lama or in terms yeah, of the in terms last, of since the last episode? Well, let's not give the listeners everything. Oh, wow. I know. What? Get out. Blocking my, I not leave, blocking my blessing. I leave you alone for one week. One week. I know. Why did you leave me alone? Where'd you go? Remind me. Uh, I was in Botswana. Ooh, girl. For work. Mining those diamonds? <laughs> I wish. Although, apparently, they are one of the few countries that have taken that diamond money and put it into their infrastructure, et cetera. I've heard they're very strict about that, which is really, maybe that's an Africa rising candidate. The folks that I was visiting uh, were gracious enough to organize a safari in uh, nearby Madwika Game Reserve, which is actually, it's on the other side of the border. It's in South Africa. Yeah, my peeps. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I completed the big five. I finally saw a leopard. I was so excited. Is that what you were waiting for? Yes, that was like the, that one more Pokemon card. Yeah, it was the fifth of the five. The Charizard. Yeah. Wow. I'm. I you were learning new things about me all the time. I had no idea. I know. I saw a white rhino, lions that weren't sleeping, which was a plus because every time I see lions, they're just like. What time of the day though? This was a morning safari. Okay. The morning drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's there's actually just chilling after they've eaten. Yeah, there was a really interesting interaction between. A male lion and a female lion. Why are you like this? Which I I captioned, closed captioned in my Instagram for folks. Basically, he was trying to get at her and she was like, nah, nah I, I'm not. Me, I don't want and any of that. He was not so pleased. It was, it was really entertaining, actually, to see the interactions. Uh, but no, it was good. It was a good trip and um, it's also good to be back. So, anything else you want to tell the world? Yeah, I think my last catch-up is just about... Mother's Day. So I know Mother's okay. Day is a really uh, good day for a lot of people, but it's also a really crappy day for a lot of people. Of course, yeah. Um, or a complicated day for a lot of people. So kind of just shout out to people, regardless of where they are in their mothering, not mothering, connected to their mother and disconnected from their mother, mm-hmm. alive or no longer alive, miscarriages, kind of like the whole right. shout out, because a lot of people are going through very different emotions on that day. So I want to acknowledge that first. And it's also tough because you don't get to opt out of the, no. the media about it. Oh, no. I intentionally did yeah. not post a picture on my social media mm-hmm. about my mom because I was just so conscious of how many people on my timeline were posting about their mothers, which I think is like completely beautiful. But I also know it's really triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I have friends who also avoid social media on that day. And yeah. Father's Day, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, last year was the first year I posted photos of my mother. And that was because I actually just really missed her. Yeah. And so I gave in. I was like, oh, yeah. fine. I tried to do that um, on my mom's birthday but or I, like on yeah. other significant days. But I was just like, I think we're reminded that more and more every year that people's relationships often with mm-hmm. their families are complicated or not. But it's being supportive of people who have complicated situations. Yeah. But what I did on Mother's Day is I went to the French bakery and surrounded myself by other moms and their children. Oh, okay. Uh, and up until that point, I felt like I was ready to have children, or I was approaching being ready to have children. Ooh. You know when you don't want to be on Mother's Day in a cafeteria full of like 100 children and strollers everywhere? I just like, I'm not there yet. I feel like this will be fun when I get there, but I was, it, yeah, it just kind of rubbed me in a way that I was like, oh, this food is incredible, but the noise level in here... <laughs> 
and the like mess level in here mm. and literally children running everywhere and I'm like oh oh that child's gonna walk onto the rope no okay somebody and everybody's just like chilling out because it's Mother's Day anyone anyone no were you um, the only non-parent there well me my sister and one of our close friends okay yeah I'm pretty sure they were like what are you doing here well you know moms need a day out too no, of course they do. No, I wasn't saying that in the way. This actually has nothing to do with moms. I think we need to celebrate moms. This was just a moment was, of inner you, reflection for you. You realize that you don't want kids just yet. But like, ask me next week. Ask me next episode. Then you see like a cute baby on Instagram. Like, and then I'm like, it's a wrap. Let's go. Okay, let yeah. go. Because <laughs> that's how it works, right? So trap a man and trap a child. That doesn't sound legal. So oh, yeah. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> Um, but you got the essence of where I was going with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, I could have phrased that better. Okay. <laughs> I think on that note, the only way to redeem ourselves is to go into Africa. Rising! <laughs> which you get to do, your favorite. I do, my fave. Just yes. kidding. Actually, this has something to do with one of your cousins. I'm actually really excited about this story because it's a lot of things that I like all in one. I don't know if we've talked about this, and some people might know, but I was a huge baseball fan growing up. I did not know that. Huge baseball fan. Huge Yankees fan. Derek Jeter was my first crush. My best friend's first crush, too, was Jer- Derek Jeter. It's, I mean, it's... That's a, still her password to most of the things in her life. It's, okay, well, we won't and say her name. Address. No. We won't, uh, we won't divulge her details, but... Um, Derek Jeter at Hotmail.com. Yeah, no, he's... <laughs> he, I mean, many women, young women, have made that But uh, didn't you call. to be a fuckboy? I mean... Sorry, am I just crushing your dreams? We don't have to talk about okay. this. Okay. Although, he sent gift baskets to all the women afterward. That's rude. And then, that tradition, I guess it came with an NDA. You would know a little bit about that. Episode 4. I do know a lot about NDAs. You know that form you have to sign? So, apparently, that story didn't get out until one woman received two gift baskets years apart. And she was like, oh, no, you don't remember? (gasps) And so, she talked about it. And that's how that, from what I remember, how the gift basket thing. Wait, so you would get a gift basket? With all these things. Maybe with some memorabilia. I don't know. Maybe a signed baseball. I don't know. But And then in it would be an NDA. I don't know. But the thing is. You know I would be the person lighting that thing on fire. Probably. Yeah. But yes, no. Or sending it back. Dieter, Derek Jeter was my probably my first love, although he got married soon after he retired from baseball. So he had a twenty-year career, the shortstop, war number two. Actually, they just retired his number recently, the Yankees. Anyway, long story short, this Africa Rising has a lot of things that I like and care about. So your cousin, South African Gift Ngope, I really hope I said that right, made history as the first African to play in a major league baseball game. Whoop! So very exciting. Cousin. So he had a first, he had a hit and a walk. Should I explain these terms? I don't know. I think people can look it up. And Yeah, Google it. And then, <laughs> and then uh, he turned a game-ending double play. So afterward, he was asked what he was thinking as he was standing on first base following his fourth inning single off of John Lester, who's quite a reputable pitcher. And he says, quote, I thought about where I've come from, making the journey from South Africa to pursue my dream of playing in the major leagues someday, he said. I thought about the struggles of being in the minor leagues for eight and a half years, and then to finally get up here and get a hit at my first at bat. The whole thing was just awesome. That's the only word I can think of to describe it. It was awesome. Well done, Gift. I'm super excited. I mean, you can see I'm super excited about this one. It has all the things that I like, so... So, I really appreciate my cousins, but I have many of them. So, could you send me a photo of which one this is? Sure, I can do that. So, he plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now we have a new team to cheer for. Exactly. And I don't think, yeah, they're not in the same division with the Yankees, so I can cheer for both. And And Jeter is done. And Jeter is done. Just to take a step back, who did Jeter marry? He married some model. 
I just rolled my eyes and I shouldn't have done that because models are people too. Hannah somebody or other. She was one of the, on the cover of one of the recent Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Hannah Davis. I think her name is Hannah Davis. Okay. You really do know a lot about the situation. Yeah. I mean, it's not my password or anything, but I spent, Goals. I mean, he has been a major part of my An life. influence. I mean, I have cried over Yankees' Stop. losses. Stop. No, I really have. I, I mean, know. when they lost to the Diamondbacks in 2001, I cried. My father had to console me. <laughs> I was so sad. I would pay anything to watch baby Addie cry about a baseball Sorry, game. that sounds really terrible, really? but like... Wow, thanks. No, to watch your father console you about something that like... Doesn't he's probably really like, matter. you're gonna be fine. <laughs> he's like, but he was probably really nice about it. No, he was. He's like, Adi, it's okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> that I makes was... me want to cry. <laughs> Shout out, Papa Adi. Hi, Dad. Yeah, so, woo woo, go gift. So, I have the honors of giving the Africa still rising. Okay. Which you know I hate doing. I know you love it. Because I just want all the positivity in the world. Uh huh. But we're also talking about my cousins. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, What'd they do this time? Well, this is a super, super sad story, but it comes out of the story behind hashtag men are trash. Okay. Uh, so for the, our listeners who haven't heard this story, it is the story about Karabo Mokoena. She actually went missing, and so her friends and family and the police were tweeting trying to find her. Okay. She went missing a few weeks ago, and then... They did find her, and her oh. body, so she was killed, and her body was burnt. So I think they just released the autopsy results, um, and it turns out that her boyfriend, or the person that she was seeing, is being charged with this murder. Okay. And so what this did is this sparked the hashtag, so women across South Africa being like, women have such a high exposure to of violence. Of course, yeah. Um, and what started trending on Twitter was... Hashtag men are trash. Okay. Um, and then two things came out of that. So one of the things was that women use that hashtag to start sharing their own experiences with abuse. Mm-hmm. And like pictures were surfacing, really, really terrible stories of what South African women have had to endure. A lot of women who were killed, like their stories told by their friends and family. But on the second piece of that, in response to that, it was the not all men hashtag. Of course. I was waiting for it. Which is like, you guys don't get it. It's like, I'm not making a direct comparison, but the idea of like, all lives matter, mm-hmm. like just complete bullshit, if you ask me. I think what's important in recognizing the hashtag men are trash is intentional. It's supposed to get people to have a conversation. It's also, we're talking to like the in quotes good guys who have never been violent towards their partners, who think really highly of women, mm-hmm. but also don't stop their friends who make really violent or sexist jokes or who are in situations and that aren't like supportive of caring of women because it takes, yeah, it takes a village and this kind of abuse and violence will continue to happen. So RIP to her. Um, it's really, 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 really sad. sad. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, the figures out of South Africa in particular are quite jarring yeah i don't remember but something about is it seven minutes or i think it's every eight minutes about rape right or something like a woman is raped every eight minutes Mm -hmm. in the country which is my i I don't even know where to begin yeah so this africa still rising is my personal shout out and call to actually in particular like all the in quotes good guys um make sure you're having these conversations with your brothers your cousins your sons because Women have been saying that we want this to stop, but it's really only going to stop when men stop being abusive towards women. So let this be 
an unfortunate lesson and use this as an opportunity to have these really difficult and tough conversations. And women, if you are in a like violent situation, hopefully that you have the networks and the supports to be able to get out of that. And we can share some on our social meds. We can share some links to resources that people can be looking at depending on where you are. That's so sad. Still rising. So on a more positive note and on women doing incredible things uh, and reaping the rewards of doing incredible things, we have the wonderful Patricia Okello. Yeah. And she is <laughs> the co-author, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, with JC Niella? Yes, that's my sister-in-law. Wonderful. Oh, it's a family um, affair. Yeah, family <laughs> affair. Um, and they're the co-authors of A Candid Handbook for Women Doing Business in Kenya. Mm-hmm. There's a story that involves Addie stalking someone what? in a bookstore. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. So, Patricia, we'd like to welcome you onto episode 13 of the podcast. Um, Patricia, we're really happy to have you today. And I'm happy to be here and Karibu. to meet you guys. Yeah. So, first off, tell us how this project came about and what you want to achieve. I was nominated for an award in Florida, Enterprising Women, uh, by an organization of which I'm a member, United Success. You know, the way these meetings tend to be, you kind of like just network and meet people and just talk. And it was women entrepreneurs. But what was really amazing is that women were telling their stories quite openly, you know, like the way we're speaking now. And after the two-day event, we then had an award ceremony and... The nominations were done according to your turnover. So um, I was nominated for an award between 500 to 1 million USD. So I was one of the first people to go on stage. Congrats. <laughs> well <done. laughs> and then um, as I sat there, some of the ladies that I had been speaking to didn't go up for a while, yeah, until we got to 50 million and $1 billion. And I said, I can't believe I spoke to these billionaires and I yeah. didn't even know they were billionaires. And they spoke so openly about the businesses that they were running. So I said, when I come home, I have to do something similar. I have to get women to tell their stories mm-hmm. and so that other women can know that the same challenges that billionaires are facing, the same challenges that we are facing. And um, that's I prefer started. those challenges. <laughs> the billionaire challenge. Yeah. Take, take those yeah, challenges. I'll take those. <laughs> the 30-day billionaire challenge. So I just decided, let me just start talking to women in business and recording their stories and figure out how it can become a book that will be useful to other women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started in 2014. Just kind of a follow-up to that, because um, I'm curious. I know you, during the day, work on other things as well. So in addition to the project that you work on, what, what keeps you busy? So I run two businesses. Um, I've been running Willard Productions, which is a branding company for the last 17 years. And then in 2012, I noticed that quite a number of my clients were asked me to do events, corporate events. Not that I enjoyed doing them, but they asked me to do them. <laughs> and um, I thought, hmm, that can be another revenue stream. And in 2012, we registered a business conferencing in a box that's been running for the last five Yes. We've worked together. Are you kidding me? Yes. Really well. Yeah. In my <laughs> day job. Um, the Rockefeller oh my Resilience Week. That is very true. Yeah. Yes, Shout out Mahaki. Rockefeller. Yeah. My girl. <laughs> so yes, basically those are the two businesses I'm currently running. We okay. just started revamping our studio and making its own business unit. And I'm hoping that will take off in the next couple of years as okay. well. So how has entrepreneurship shaped and influenced your personal life? It's been one of those things I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I trained as a graphic designer Mm -hmm. and the only thing I could think of was going into advertising agency life, yeah? But at the time, probably the year 2000, I had also met my husband in 1999 
and I think he had wisdom. So he saw the long hours I was working and he figured this thing will not work. And he kind of like encouraged me, oh, why don't you try and get your own clients, you know, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So I did that for the one year I was employed with one of the media companies here in Nairobi. And literally the clients would call the switchboard and the lady would connect me. They'd say, Hannah, we're not production, so she'd connect me to my extension. <laughs> and that's literally how the business started. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's how I got my clients. And 17 years later, here I am. I have kind of, yeah, just a more general question in your inputs about women in business. Mm-hmm. And through my own experience and kind of working with other women entrepreneurs, that I've come to recognize that many women stay in kind of full time corporate or in quotes nine to five roles mm-hmm. uh, instead of taking the leap into entrepreneurship. And from some pretty general and often obvious reasons, so things like job security, maternity mm-hmm. benefits, mm-hmm. which are really important when you are a woman in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you could tell us just a little bit more about how the drive for financial security impacts women's entrepreneurship decisions. I'll speak about myself because I went into business after I got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And fortunately for me, my husband then took up the burden of you know the needs. So I was able to you know, venture in before yeah. I had a steady income, before I started paying myself, etc. So in terms of that, I wasn't really frightened about the notion. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not just the kind of person who doesn't overthink things. I'm like, okay, I'm a good graphic designer. And I put it out there. I've got some work. And I kept going. When you have a spouse who's already taking care of your basic needs, then you can take a lot more risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But of course, as a woman, if you're not married and mm-hmm. you're running your own business, the risks will be probably a lot different, yeah? But it shouldn't take away, if it's a passion that you have, it shouldn't take away from you trying Mm -hmm. something out. And I only saw a lot of women who are in employment. If you have something you're excited about, just start doing it, yeah? And you never know when it'll turn into a business. Mm -hmm. And basically the book is to show you how to turn that passion into a viable business. Yeah, like a step-by-step guide. step-by-step guide, exactly, exactly. So that you're not just, you know, doing it as a hobby. Yeah. And you can actually end up employing people. So one of the things that I love about the book is that it's also a journal. So you ask various questions that are prompts and the person who's reading can think through things. So it's both advice, but it's also an exercise in Mm self-awareness, which I think is really, really key. Mm -hmm. My question is, so one thing that wasn't quite covered uh, is the issue of sexual harassment, which Mm -hmm. is quite common. And it's something that we've talked about in our previous episode, episode two, I believe. What advice would you give to a woman facing that hurdle? Can I just put it out there? We all, I think in our everyday life, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, mm-hmm. as a woman, this is something that we face all the time, right? Yep. Probably in the corporate workplace, it's maybe more pronounced in that you're working with men and it's testosterone and what, mm-hmm. what have you. <laughs> but I must say, as a woman, we learn how to handle, as crazy as it is, we learn how to mm. handle men. And I think it's just heightened as you grow older. I feel that you kind of get better at it. You, have to, you can read the cues, you know when you know what's wrong and what's right. And those are the same skills that you're going to use as an entrepreneur. Because you will meet a lot of men when you're mm-hmm. pitching for jobs. I know when I started out, I pitched a lot to male clients. And you begin to figure it out, you know, you can kind of like tell where that direction is going. So you need to just be in control and keep steering everything towards what is, you know, Professional, mm-hmm. that's the word, yeah. But you have to be aware. I think that heightened awareness that we kind of like get as women is especially useful as an entrepreneur so that you can tell the signs and you can just tell when somebody's wasting your time. Some really basic things that I've put in place is I never did any business in a bar mm-hmm. or outside an office. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of always helped. So if somebody wanted to meet me outside of work, I'd be just like, no, 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 if it's business, let's do it within yeah. the office. 
little things like that. Going for a meeting, make sure you're accompanied by somebody else, you know, just things that sound like common sense, but a good measures to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. But it does happen. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did you, I guess, just to follow up on that, whether it was in relation to kind of sexual harassment or kind of other challenges as it relates to being an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, did you have a network of people that you could bounce these problems or hurdles off of? Like, were there other women in the same situation that you were in? I didn't know. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why the book is such an important tool yeah. to get women to get together and start talking about stuff that happens as entrepreneurs. So, no, I didn't. The only people that I bounced off of ideas were maybe my friends, who many of them at the time were still employed. Yeah. yeah. And it's only after years of running a business that I finally begin to meet you know, other women, other mm-hmm. women entrepreneurs. And it is um, not being able to come together as women and to discuss some of these challenges is a hindrance to how successful we are yeah. as entrepreneurs. What two trends or themes do you see impacting women entrepreneurs in East Africa, let's say over the next 20 years? I couldn't decide between the two, between forming great mentorship you know, circles mm-hmm. and technology. You can have both. Why yeah. not? <laughs> right. So I'll talk about technology because it's a big deal. And I'll just give the example of one of my employees mm-hmm. who's work, currently working for me. And she decided after seeing her boss wrote a book about women in business, yeah. she's like, she's not going to stop me from doing my own business. <laughs> and she opened a, a shop um, in town. But everything is done on Facebook. Yeah? So technology has really lowered the barrier for entry yeah. for women to get into business. And if, especially if we're risk averse, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a safe space to go into and you know get my idea out there and you know get people talking. Just like the way you started the podcast, it's kind of like easy entry. I think that's a big deal, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially being able to use smartphones. Yeah, women are doing business in the rural areas easily. Yeah, you know? and it's for me technology is a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. But even bigger than that for me is having the presence of women mentors. Mm-hmm. Because as more women get into business, the more we increase the percentage of you know mentors, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And for me, I feel those are the two really big things. You know? Okay. Mm. Um, is there one interview in particular where you kind of had an aha moment or there was something that you learned yourself in spite of the fact that you've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years? Is there one particular mm. takeaway from the book that you really like? Oh, my gosh. You know, the no st- pressure. And I, don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say the cliche, oh, the stories, all the stories are so inspiring. But I'll say it anyway. All the stories are so inspiring. <laughs> Hmm. It's an interesting question. I, I enjoyed interviewing um, Wendia of Vivo. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because she was the most candid of all the people I interviewed. She talked about numbers. Da-da-da-da. She wasn't fearful. And I asked her about it. And she said, numbers have never intimidated me. Mm. Yeah, And I think for women, we somehow always relate our revenue, our income to who we are. You know, It was for me, it was really, oh my gosh, yes, actually it's true. And she just dropped the numbers and she'd tell us how much she was earning and how much... She needed to start her business. And out of all the people I interviewed, she's the only woman who spoke like that. Mm-hmm. So that was quite impactful for me. And can you explain a bit for the listeners who Wandia is and what she does? So, yeah, Wandia Gishuru is an entrepreneur. Um, she runs a chain of um, retail outlets, actually, mm-hmm. in most of the malls in Nairobi, that does affordable, easy-to-wear, comfortable clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And she's not a designer. Her background is not in design. She's actually a banker. And maybe that explains why numbers is easy for her. And just she started the idea from I think doing yoga, I think mm. it was, yeah, yoga and she couldn't get the outfits she needed for yoga and her daughters I think were ballerinas. So she started importing them and then more and more people started asking for them and yeah, then she started sending from her house and from her house she went straight into a mall. Well <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at um a bookstore 
and I was buying a gift for a friend who recently gave birth. So I was in the baby aisle <laughs> section. The baby book aisle. <laughs> the baby book <laughs> aisle, yeah. Uh, and I was checking out, and so I had my books, and there was a gentleman who brought this book to the table. And so the owners of the bookstore brought it to me and said, how much, effectively, how much would you pay for this? Or do you like this? Mm-hmm. And so I looked through it and I was really, first of all, I caught my, you know, very quickly because of the colors. I saw that there were spaces for writing mm-hmm. and also anything that says women doing business. It was all automatically like, oh, what? <laughs> um, and so I said, wow, you know, this is really cool. And so it turned out that that gentleman was your husband, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. <laughs> uh, but My then, agent. Yeah, yeah. And, and your, exactly. Husband, dual, agent, confidant. Dual duty. Yeah. Uh, and so he said, yeah, this is my wife's book, and we want to get into stores, et cetera. I said, oh, that's great. You know, congratulations. It's really good. I really like it. And so then I left the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And then in the elevator, I said, wait a second. Why? No. Why didn't it? She should be a guest. So I, so the elevator took too long. I ran up the stairs. I, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. Hopefully he's still there. So thankfully he was still making his pitch. On your so I walked into the bookstore. I'm like, wait a second. So I co-host a podcast and I really think this could be something we could feature. I'll have to run it by Namusa, but I think your wife's work would be something that, you know, we should um, discuss. Uh, and this is now leading to the question. And I said, if she's smart, she will do a book like this for the continent or for different countries. And then he said, oh, if she's smart, huh? <laughs> That's <laughs> what he took for him. <laughs> I said, no, 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 not like that. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. But the, immediately the first thing I thought is you could do this for so many different places. Yeah. I think it's something that could easily yeah, be expanded. So my question, mm-hmm. the long, <laughs> the long round away <laughs> asking is, do you have any plans for expansion, whether it's another version of the book or expanding to different countries, Tanzania, maybe EAC, etc.? So I have, before I answer your question, I have to tell you, give you a little bit of context to the book. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I am a very goal-oriented person. Okay. And my goal was to write a book, mm. period. I didn't think about distribution. That was my goal. I needed to complete it and get a book on the table. Yeah. And it was not until after, you know, it's really interesting when you tell people you're writing a book, they're like, oh, you're writing a book. Writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very different when they actually hold the book in yeah. their hand. And I think that's what my husband was suffering from. The book is here. What will we do? So that was the initial plan. I did it, got the book out, and then started working backwards. Okay, fine, I need a kind of like a plan on how this book will be distributed. Because he was going to talk to the bookstore, and then there happened to be a publisher there. And both you and the publisher both said, the publisher, the first thing he said is, remove Kenya and write Africa, because I can see there's more than just Kenyans in the book, yeah? And then it can be, you know, more, probably a larger uh, reception. Now, the more I think through it, the more I think is the 2.0 version mm-hmm. <laughs> should maybe be, if not East Africa, then we can look at the continent at large. And it's easy for me to get women to uh, contribute because of the network, the United Success, the organization with which I'm a member. It'll be straight. I could get women and interview them easily. Probably that'll be part of the evolving plan for women doing business. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious, like, so distribution, it sounds like was some, not an afterthought, but wasn't the initial thought. It was an well, right, that's candid too. It, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I'm curious, when did you have time to write it? You know, this and you did some of the illustrations as well, or was that no, that's your co- your co author? I paid somebody. Okay, <laughs> that's that. okay. Yeah, yeah. Outsource. Yeah, that's outsource. another exactly. step of doing business. Exactly. So, huh. so 2014, I was turning 40 that year. 
So I had planned a cruise for years. I'd be like, when I turn 40, I'm going on a cruise. It's a great idea. I know. So I went on a cruise <laughs> with my girlfriends. And I, my husband and I met in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. And came back home. And uh, two, three, four months later, I discovered I was pregnant. <laughs> so Surprise! <here> I <laughs> <laughs> Voila! <laughs> and I was almost dying of depression. I was just like, what am I doing pregnant? What am I doing pregnant at 40? So I did have enough time to <laughs> sit up. Oh, this is your little my, one that you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So through my pregnancy, I kept writing. Stayed at home, took it almost a year off work, yeah, and now began to do the interview. So when I got, I didn't really dive back into work. Instead, what I did is I need to finish this book. So what made me get back into the workplace was now doing the interviews and talking mm. to women entrepreneurs. Carving the time, you know? getting pregnant or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> the takeaway is if you're working on a book, <laughs> get pregnant. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It might help. In Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we're going to move to the rapid fire round. We'll give you two options and you choose one of the words and just okay. maybe a little descriptor as to why you chose that word. Okay. Okay. It's not too hard. Okay. Uh, my question is chamas or private equity? Private equity. And why? I did not see that answer coming. I am also surprised. Well, I guess first, please explain what a Chama is to listeners who might not know. So a Chama is, I guess it's an investment club of sorts that people who come together to invest. That's literally it. I've been a member of two Chamas. Hence the reason I'm going into private equity. And the reason is you get really comfortable as a group. And I think with private equity, you are forced to put structures into Mm. your business, Uh, which is really important for scaling. Okay. So yes. Still or sparkling? Hmm. <laughs> Me too. Two kind of people in this world. <laughs> um, I'm the other one. Yeah, yeah. You're the still room temperature. Still waters run deep. <laughs> um, equity or debt? Good debt or bad debt? <laughs> say good debt. Okay. Somebody told me, I'll say I'll pick debt. Okay. Equity is the most expensive part of your business to give away. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get credit then I think that's a better way of growing your business to a certain point, yeah. So before you start giving equity, use everything available, okay. all the resources, the bank, friends and family, friends and family everything before you now uh, give out equity. Okay. I would, I would concur with that. Yeah, I like that. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. <laughs> you sounded so I'm overwhelmed. That's <laughs> my wind down time. I love it. Mm. Well done. Uh, and last rapid fire question, national park or coast? Coast. My soul resides in the sea. Do you have any preferred coastal vacation or I'm, location? I'm definitely a Diani girl. Yeah? Mm. Best really? Ever. Love it. Okay. It Love is it. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess on that note, how can our listeners find your book, purchase your book, find you on the interwebs? Right now, I only have them as hard copies, simply because I didn't really know if it would make sense to have them as a, an e because of the fact that it's a journal. But however, I'm getting prompted. More and more people are asking me to do it as an e-book. So we're currently trying to work out and get it on Amazon probably, hopefully within the next three months. We have a website. We've not done the launch yet, so this okay. is really pre-launch uh, activity. So the website is www.candidbusiness.co.ke, and we will have an option of being able to purchase online, PayPal, whatever, and then we'll be able to ship it to you, we'll probably post it to you. Okay. So the launch will be somewhere around October, okay. more than likely. And the reason why the website is really, really important is because then you can get the full interviews of the entrepreneurs. Wonderful. And Fantastic. then on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at Temo, A-T-E-M-O-P, and that's a really easy way for you to get them, and we'll be able to link you up with it, yeah? And Instagram, exactly the same handle, A-T-E-M-O-P. 
Well, thank you so much, for Patricia, thank Patricia you. for coming. Thank you. Appreciate Finally it. meeting you guys. I know. Yeah. After yeah. random bookstore and, you know, sightings and, and what have you. Can you get it at that bookstore? Yes, you can. Okay. Bookstop at Yaya Center. So for all Best our bookstore in Nairobi. Nairobi yep, listeners yep, yep. <laughs> can pick it up there. Yep. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, today's proverb of the week, 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 week. Um, like my Achilles tendons. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Mar, you like You this. loved it. So this comes from a Facebook video. We're still talking about this. Yes, which has brought so much joy to my life. Okay, you know what? I can call somebody right now. I can call Jesus. Okay, I don't believe in Jesus, though. So oh, that's that spirit in you. Come on out. I have watched this clip easily 63 times. Not that I'm counting. But easily. I have watched this so many times. I think you've made me watch it at least 12. Yeah. Some backstory to the Facebook Live video is it's a young man named Sean Dupree Buffington. That is his name. The third? Yeah. Junior. That's his name on Facebook. Don't know if that's his government name. The target of his speech was a young white woman. And that is important to note here. The backstory of this encounter is that the woman had made racist remarks to an Asian woman who was walking down the street previously, and Mr. Buffington said, you know, sometimes you just end up in other people's business, and he did. And so he decided to say something to defend the woman, and when he was in the process of doing that, the woman in question then said some things to him, and he proceeded to... Show her the Lord. Oh, I, I have laughed so hard. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get away. I don't. My father's already here. He's omnipresent. He's present. And I always like biblical humor. I don't read it enough to get all the references, but when it lands, it's really funny. And so he proceeded to bless her. He blessed her with, with facts, with some common sense, and it was. I shared it with people on Facebook. I tagged half the people I knew because I wasn't going to send a message to 1,500 people. To me, it's one of the funniest things I've seen yet. So the proverb of the week is... You go on. You go and be great with your lavender. Go. Go on and be great <laughs> with your lavender. You have to give a little bit of context about lavender. Though. She was wearing a lavender shirt. There you go. Should we just continue to quote from it? You are turning red from, from your, the back. From your back. Yeah, there was There's yeah, a CD he, player moment. He's like, "Lady, you have a CD player and you and you got money, girl?" So the woman apparently said, "You can't afford to talk to me." <laughs> Cuz she's holding a, a Walkman CD player. I think my personal favorite, which is what I really got involved in, is when he says, "My father has many mansions." Yes. So she says, "I'm going to call my father and I'll get someone to kick your ass." Is what she said. And he says, "Oh, and I'll I'll call my father." He has many mansions. Now, Namusa thought she, he was actually talking about his father. And I was like, no, Namusa. <laughs> He's talking about Jesus. Jesus! Jesus! How I love him and trust him. It only took me 15 and then years to... Her reaction when she finally had that moment was hysterical. <laughs> it, was li- it was literally a coming to Christ moment. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, Mr. Shonda Rebuffy, I really must thank you for the laughter you have provided me uh, over the last few weeks, and my friends, because so many people I know have enjoyed it, and I will be buying any memorabilia, any t-shirts that you sell. So, 
Ladies and gentlemen, go on and be great with your lavender. <laughs> and that's episode 13. Woo woo! Yay! How do people find us? You can find us in space. Why not? Um, but if you're not currently in space, you can find us on the interwebs, which is kind of like space. <laughs> Specifically, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Africana with an A, as I keep saying. A F R A C A N A H. It's good to be reminded sometimes, which you should already know. Or on Facebook at Africana Podcast. Uh, and finally, we love hearing from you. We've gotten some really good listener letters recently, and we would love to have more to showcase them on the show. So you can email us at askafricana at gmail.com, and we can maybe mildly promise that we will feature it if it's good. Or if you allow us to. Well, I'm assuming if you're writing in, you want to be on the show. That's fair. But if you don't, just let us know, and then we'll send you private DM advice about your chin hairs. (laughs) And on that note, be great. With your lavender. Bye. Bye, guys.